Hello and welcome to Carnivorous Chats. My name is James, your host. I started this podcast to help other folks share their own healing stories and to interview thought leaders and experts in the carnivore, keto, and low oxalate space. Before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to Equip Foods and the Carnivore Bar. As an affiliate, you can use the link in the show notes to get a discount on their products when you check out using the code CARNIVOROUS. Thanks in advance for listening, subscribing, and any likes or shares. And now, on with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Carnivorous Chats. It's James, your host. And let me tell you, folks, I am really excited today to have this guest on the show. This young lady has an amazing healing story to share, and I love nothing better than a good healing story. So, Claire, welcome to Carnivorous Chats. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so honored to be here. And yeah, we have so much in common and I'm so happy that we share these interviews. Let's jump right into this for the audience because I know after that intro, they're all going to be waiting with bated breath. But I want you to just talk about where you grew up, where you're from, and how, like me, you eventually came to the vegan way of eating. So please tell the story. So uh, I'm so French and I grew up uh, in Marseille having traditional Mediterranean diet. So it's not about junk food as in the US for most of the kids. Uh, it was like a healthy diet, but Mediterranean. But since my childhood, I've been struggling with an eating disorder, with anorexia nervosa, and food has always been a big issue for me. Unfortunately, life was hard on me and I had many traumas growing up uh, as a teenager and in my young adult adulthood and uh, the anorexia became stronger and stronger over the years and when I was 23 I met my ex-husband and it was the beginning of a a big mess and I start over exercising like crazy and restricting my food a lot. Restriction, more restriction, more activity, more cardio. I started losing weight. Then I wanted to get pregnant because it was time for me to have a, a baby. And of course, because I was already, already underweight, uh, I was not able to conceive. And I went through a lot of medical treatment to be able to get pregnant. During my pregnancy, I was eating enough for my baby to grow, but my life was quite a nightmare. And at this point, I was eating mainly lean meat and some vegetables. And then, so yeah, my pregnancy was a nightmare because I was underweight and my pregnancy was through IVF uh, because no possibility to conceive. During the pregnancy, I lost one of the two babies and then I finally got my son uh, after 26 weeks laying down in the bed because I was almost uh, losing him all the time. And fortunately, I got my son uh, after 34 weeks of pregnancy and he was healthy. He was able to breathe on his own and everything. He was a really healthy baby. And I started breastfeeding him. And starting breastfeeding him, he had some digestive issues. And at this time, I was living in the UAE and the pediatrician I saw at the time told me that, oh yeah, most probably your son is allergic to dairy. 
And I was still at this time eating a bit of meat, very lean meat and consuming dairy. And the pediatrician explained to me that the dairy protein could go to my breast milk. And it was a good thing for me to stop having dairy. So at this time, I stopped having dairy and I stopped looking for uh, answers on Internet. And when you, you're saying that uh, you're dairy allergic, uh, really easily you found uh, on the, you, you, yeah, you fall in the vegan community and they are starting telling you that, uh, yeah, dairy is evil, it's from animals, everything from animals is just evil and it's an LC and you have to remove all animal food. And at this time for me, it was like fantastic. Now, I can just switch to veganism and it will be so easy for me to restrict in all situations because I have the excuse. I'm vegan, I cannot eat. And for me, my anorexic behavior and the veganism were acting just together to put me in the graveyard. So my health declined so fast and yeah. I was a vegan and really unhealthy. Claire, I've heard you tell this story many times before and listening to your really incredible story on other podcasts. And it speaks to me because, as you know, being a vegan myself and having that happen and what you went through to be able to, and, and I'm so thankful that you were able to have your child to hear you say how it went in step, I can honestly say that I completely understand the way the progression happened. So you'd been told okay, that you, this the dairy is not working for your son. You want to do the best thing for him. And then because you then dove into the internet, as we all did, when I was looking for what was the best diet to heal me, of course, everything plant-based came up. Whoop. And once you get in the vegan community, all animal products are terrible, so wipe them out. But you couple that with, as you succinctly said, that you already had a bit of an eating disorder and they go step in step. So it was almost like a match made in heaven, correct? Exactly. And it was not a small eating disorder. It was a really full eating disorder. You know, I was able to eat just some salad during the day and go to the elliptical bike and do like an hour and a half of cardio. I was really eating nothing. At the worst point of my journey in the veganism, I was eating 100 calories a day and I did so for six months in a row. Wow. So talk to us about a little bit about that as you got into veganism, the type of things you're eating. I was eating everything that is zero nutrient, everything that is zero calories. So of course, because I, I had in mind that I wanted to be healthy and, but to sustain my eating disorder and my veganism, you cannot know how much kale I ate. It was like eating like kilos. And, you know, it's so long to chew. And so you can spend your day eating kale and you feel the worst ever. But it's zero calories and they are selling you this as a superfood. Eat the kale, you will be healthy, you will get everything you need. No, you don't get anything. Because I was really scared about gaining weight, I used to drink tons of diet soda. Diet soda are vegan. It's crap, but it's vegan. I used to eat tons and tons of sweeteners, any kind of sweeteners. I was having like the small stevia pills, you know, the small one white. Uh, I was able to eat 600 in a day. 
And I was so skinny, but I looked almost pregnant all the time. And for someone like me that had trouble to have kids, all the time people are saying, oh, you're carrying a kid. No, no, it's just the kale. <laughs> Having this way of eating, which is for me the crappiest ever. You cannot do worse than that, what I was doing. I got three miscarriages in a row after it was failed uh, IVF uh, pregnancies. And so all the time people were telling me that uh, I was pregnant. And so it was like putting more difficulties, more pain. And the more pain I had, I had, yeah, the more restrictive I was, the less I was eating. And the when you, you are not fueling your brain, you, you have crazy thought all the time. I was totally depressed. Um, I was thinking about this all the time. I was even starting planning the day I will die. I heard you, and just touching on that Diet Coke subject uh, a second, I heard you say to someone else, it was six to eight liters a day at some point? Yes. Starting first thing of the day, the Diet Coke energy drink, the one with tons of caffeine. Then I was, because I wanted to feel myself because I was starving, you know, I just needed to feel my full stomach. So I was just drinking and drinking, but you're drinking, peeing, drinking, peeing. And so, yes, six to eight liters a day. So don't say carnivore is expensive because eight liters of diet coke a day, it's really expensive. So it, it was just, just to try to feel full, but you don't, you're never, you're never feeling full. Clara, just speaking to you, it just reminds me as it did. And I got very emotional on your podcast. And I do. And I, I remember these things about how, how sick that I was and how sick that I felt. And I just feel so much compassion for you because you had these two things combined, which just breaks my heart for you. Because as you said, you used to use the veganism as an excuse to compound on top of your eating disorder when you went out to eat saying, oh, well, there's no vegan food. I don't have to eat. Exactly. And, uh, you know, yeah, the, the people at the end say to you, oh, yeah, there is the lettuce. You can go with the lettuce and the cherry tomato. And it's just like, yeah, perfect. I will just go with this and everything else. Uh, you, you can say, oh, no, but you, you made a cake. There is eggs. Uh, you made this. Oh, yeah, but it touched. And I don't want the things to have touched the same knife. So did you cut the vegetables with the same knife that you cut the meat? Yes. Oh, no. I'm not having it. Uh, it's kidding me. So yeah, it's so easy to find all the excuses. What happens next? How long did you remain on the vegan diet and what happened to your health? I know it was gotten much worse. I feel so badly for you. Yeah, slowly and slowly, I just lost all my muscles, uh, of course, because I didn't get any protein. By the way, sometimes I was eating some one soy steak, you know, the fake steak sometimes, but not too much because it was too too many calories for me. So not too much, but once in a while and sometimes some lentils because lentils have protein. Yeah, not absorbable, but it's okay. So I lost all my muscle and I became really, really weak. That week that at some point I was not able to walk anymore. So I just went, <laughs> I was put on the wheelchair and when the doctors were thinking that I was almost dying, they put me on the feeding tube. So at this time, you can say that I was not really vegan because I was fed by a tube with, which contained milk protein inside. The additional food I was eating was uh, only vegetables. So I had some calorie intake from this, but because my I was so scared of food, uh, 
I made crappy stuff and like at some point I was using the nutrition that they were giving me because they were giving me this nutrition and it's just soy protein, milk protein, uh, seed oil and sugar. And so they were giving me this food and I was feeling worse having this food through my nose than when I was starving. So at what point I decided to switch the bottle of the feeding solution by water. So I was running water through my nose the entire day. People were thinking that I was getting the nutrition, but I was still losing weight. And I, yeah, I was still dying slowly and slowly. Okay. At one point when I was really, really, really sick, I even lost the ability to see. Uh, because I didn't have any any fat on my optical nerves. And some people are saying that it's not reversible, but it is reversible. And now I can see properly and I have my glasses because I still have a little bit of issues, but almost nothing. And so for one month, I was blind and in a wheelchair. So yes, that was wow. the point. And in 2016, um, I got a first flu who became a pneumonia. And I was hospitalized because my body was not able to react. And I had at this time a crappy doctor at the hospital and he was just uh, like, okay, you want to die, just die. But finally I survived. And then between 2016 and 2017, I was hospitalized a couple of times uh, to try to feed me. And it was in a specialized clinic uh, dealing with eating disorder, but my BMI was so low and they didn't have the resuscitate machine. So they put me out of it because they didn't want me to die in there. They were preferring me dying at home. And then in November 2017, that was the end, <laughs> I got a second flu and it became a pneumonia, but nobody could notice it because my body temperature at this time was that low that I couldn't, I was not, I didn't have even the strength to get fever. So I didn't have any, any symptoms. And I ended doing a cardiac arrest. I was at this time 33 and my heart stopped for six minutes and they were a ball in the hospital to resuscitate me. So I was really glad. And at this time, I decided to reintroduce a little bit of animal food. I'm just going to pause for a second, Claire, because I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful about you and what you're doing now. We're going to get into that. But I just want to go back to a second to you losing your vision for a month. What were they saying to you at that time? Were they saying it was going to be permanent? Were you, you must have been absolutely terrified with just, first of all, losing your vision. How, how I was totally terrified and they put me in some oily vitamin E to try to give back my, uh, my vision. And then I got some, uh, like uh, blurred and the perimeters of vision was really like just I could see just a little bit in front, but yeah, it was really, really scary. Without the fats, and we're going to talk about that and the protein and the good animal nutrients, our body is more susceptible to illness. I constantly got sick when I was a vegan. And what happened to me was if I had an underlying inf infection, which I did for many, many years, it came to the surface. So I had things like chronic fatigue due to Epstein-Barr reactivation. My body just could not fight off these illnesses. So that's why you kept getting the pneumonia back in hospital. But it then got to the point that your body was so depleted of any energy, nutrients, or immune system that you literally died for six minutes. That is incredible. 
And imagine the reaction of my son at this time, you know, I was in the wheelchair, I had a feeding tube in my nose, I lost all my hair, I was totally bald. And yeah, when when the other kids are really nasty between themselves. And imagine what he went through because of me, because of this crap. Yeah, it's like, I, I still feel up to now the guilt about being that sick uh, and make him him go through all this. So you've been resuscitated in the hospital. What is next for you? What did I mean? This is life changing, literally, uh, moment here. W- what happens next? So I reintroduced some lean meat, and it was really difficult for me. But I had to. They say to me in the hospital that the protein were mandatory because. It, if you don't have the protein, you're doing what you're, they are calling a refeeding syndrome and you can die because of the electrolyte imbalance. So I had to eat those protein. It was really difficult. But at the same time, you know, my son was really young at this time. He was four and a half. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm eating this and I don't want to eat animals. And it's not fair because uh, of the veganism I prefer when is. When I'm vegan, I don't want to kill the chicken and everything. And one time my son told me, yeah, but mommy, I prefer the chicken to be dead than you. And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, you're right. (laughs) You need a mom. (laughs) And so with his young age, he gave me the strength to go and to eat some, yeah, some animal food. And I, I made it for a couple of months, but I was only eating lean protein, eggs, mainly egg white because I was afraid of the fat. And I gained a couple of kilos, so some pounds, but not a lot. And because I was not nourished, yeah, my brain was still unnourished. I just went back to removing most of the most of the animal animal food, just keeping just enough to survive, but not enough to live. Just trying not to die because when I died, it was like a big shock for me because I was really sure before this that I will choose the day I will die. I was that depressed that I had made a suicide box uh, for me to decide the day I would have died. And then I realized you're not choosing the day you're you're dying. You're going to die even if you don't want to die. And at this time, I didn't want to die anymore, you know. So I tried to fight just as the minimum of animal food to be alive, but I was not living my life. Wow. So as you say, you got out of the danger zone for yourself, but it was still a struggle. So what happened next, Claire? It's just an intriguing story. Thanks for sharing. So I spent almost three years with a very low fat diet, but with enough protein. So I was eating tons of egg white, tons of chicken, tons of white fish, and a lot, a lot of low fat yogurt just to have enough protein. And at this time, I was making sure to get uh, around 1,500 calories a day to be sure not to die. But I was counting my calories. And at this time, I was still doing the diet cook craziness and the sweetness craziness but I was that counting my calories that for example I was eating something like 60 sugar-free gum a day and I knew that in each sugar-free gum it was 0.5 calories so 60 sugar-free gum I was counting this as 30 calories in my day craziness 
when I was really, really hungry, I fed myself with still a lot of vegetables. And this was during three years. In between, during this time, I was able to get out of my marriage. And so I had full custody of my son. So I really needed to be alive and to live to take care of him. And so I was just healthy enough, but not healthy. I was still depressed. It was a lot going on. In April 2021, I started researching about uh, carnivore, uh, about no diet to heal depressive behavior. And I found out about keto. And I was reading about keto and I was like, oh, yeah, but keto is about counting macros and you spend your day counting calories. You know, I had an Excel spreadsheet where I was putting all the food I was eating to be sure, okay, today's 1,504, you reach your goal. So it was like crazy. And I say, if I switch from this to counting my macro, 20 grams of carbs, I don't know, 80 grams of protein, I will stay in the cycle, you know? So I say, no, it's not for me. And I, I read about the carnivore diet. And I say, oh, okay, it's easy. We don't count anything. Just eat the meat. Easy. And I started from April to July eating only low-fat yogurt, white fish, and chicken breast. And I felt like crap. Totally crap. It was totally a rabbit starvation. I was eating this for 1,500 calories. And when you're eating only this, you know, it's quite big. A lot of volume. I was, yes, having egg whites, shrimp, everything that is zero calories for the, from the meat. And I was not feeling great. And in July 2021, I went on a holidays to visit my parents. And I, I, was, uh, I was eating this crazy low-fat carnivore diet. And I went to the sea with my son and my nieces. And it was like 28 degrees outside. I don't know how much it is in Fahrenheit, but it was warm. The water was warm and everyone was swimming. And I was there and I put my feet inside the water and I was freezing cold. I was having a huge sweater, scarf, and everyone was in swimming suit enjoying. And I was freezing cold. And at this point, I say, okay, Claire, this is over. You don't want to survive. You want to live. So you're going to get a shoot to the carnivore diet. And since um, during this time, the holidays, I was reading about uh, how to do a normal carnivore diet and everything. And the day I left, I started eating beef. <laughs> I started eating beef and eggs and... I tried to eat some butter and my body was asking me for the fat and I start eating butter as crazy. The day I started, I wanted to do it properly. So I removed the coffee because I was coffee addict. Imagine I was having eight coffees a day plus all these diet sodas full of caffeine. So I say, no, you will do the carnivore diet the proper way. No caffeine. And I started eating meat and fat as crazy and I couldn't stop. Claire, I've often wanted to ask you, how did your body initially handle the meat and the fat? Did you have, I had a lot of digestive troubles. I had a lot of damage done to my gut and my gallbladder. Did you have any digestive issues as you transitioned or was your body just going, bring it on? My body was saying, go ahead, keep doing. And this is what is amazing. I didn't eat a piece of fat for 30 years. 30 years without any fat. 
as soon as I started eating the fat, I didn't have any digestive issues. I never got constipated. I never got diarrhea. It was just handling it so well. And being unnourished, my liver was not functioning properly. My gammas and my transaminase was really, really high all the time. Starting eating the fat, my liver started working totally properly. And within three months, it was perfectly operational and working his best. And all my numbers for my liver function were good within three months. And it was just amazing, amazing. And each time I was feeling anxious because you have to remember that I had the eating disorder and it was my main issue. Each time I was feeling anxious about eating the fat, I was like, okay, just have another bite and then you stop for the day. And I was having another bite and it put my mind yeah, I became so calm and eating the fat, I was less fearing the fat. And the more fat I was eating, the less fearing the fat I was. And you know, it's really difficult because with someone like me with anorexia nervosa, I gained 20 pounds within three months. So it was huge gain weight, but but I was not able to stop because my body was feeling so good and I and he knew that it was nutrition and my brain knew about it and realized about it and I was not able to to restrict anymore and up to now I'm not able to restrict and sometimes I I have to be 100% honest still sometimes and because I've been living with eating disorder my entire life sometimes I have some anorexic thought in my head and I would say maybe more orthorexic than anorexic, uh, but I sometimes I want to to have the perfect carnivore diet with just fantastic meat and a lot of organs and everything. But then uh, I'm enjoying larger stuff and I'm able to resonate myself and just to enjoy the food I'm eating. That's amazing because again, our journeys are so similar. I recall Claire when when I first started going carnivore. Not only did I crave start craving the meat but it was the fat specifically for me that i remember going to the fridge and i had butter in there and i know you know this well too i was just eating sticks of butter because my brain knew it needed it after so many years of not having any fat i know you had a similar experience too yeah i was able to eat tons and tons of butter i i had days when i was eating six sticks a day you know a lot of people are eating carnivore without adding any fat to their fatty cuts but I'm, I st my body still needs the fat and I'm still relying on fat. And when, when I have a stressful situation in life, because life is not easy every single day, I always rely on fat. It can be butter, bone marrow, suet, tallow, lard, any kind of animal fat. I always rely on animal fat. Claire, one of the things I've heard you talk about before, and it's, it's a great quick story, is when you found Rivero online for the coaching. And it was the story of the person that coached you and talked about the pill and how you needed to take the whole pill. I wish, Can you share that for my listeners, please? Yeah, of course. Uh, so to start the carnivore diet, I was so scared and I took a coaching session in Rivero and with a girl with a pastor with eating disorder. And she told me, Claire, you want to heal? And I say, yes. So if you got the flu today and you go to see your doctor and you are, you say, I have a flu and he gives you one pill and say to you, take the pill and you will be recovered tomorrow. Or you can choose and take only half pill and you will be recovered in a week. Or you can take a quarter of the pill and you will be recovered in a month. What do you choose? Do you take the full pill 
yes, of course, I take the full pill. I want to be healthy as fast as possible. And so she said to me, okay, food and carnivore food is your pill. So take the full pill and recover as fast as possible. Yeah, it resonates on me. And I say, yeah, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait six months. I just want to be healthy right now. And so instead of instead of restricting, I just send all the carnivore food I could into my body. And I was that starving that some days I was having six meals a day. I, I couldn't stop eating, waking up in the middle of the night and eating ground beef and butter raw, everything raw, just to feed myself and to have the nutrition, just because I just needed it. And it was like, yeah, I was taking the egg yolks and putting 20 egg yolks in, the, in a cup because my, yeah, I was not really you know sometimes it's difficult to eat enough and my body was asking for five thousand seven and seven thousand calories a day and so just drinking my yolks having liquid food having ground beef having butter so all this stuff that is not making you feel so full i was able to eat like crazy it's such an important point, Claire. And uh, one of the things I heard you, and it ties nicely into this, I heard you say recently is we need to focus on health and not body image. And here you are eating 7,000 calories a day, but you are doing this because your body is asking you for it. And you know, so many people are concerned about weight gain, uh, it's weight loss on the carnivore diet, but ultimately we're trying to get to our optimal health for ourselves. I want you to talk to a little bit about that because it's so important. First of all, what I want to say, carnivore diet is not a weight loss diet. Carnivore diet is a weight optimization diet. It will lead you to have the weight you have to, to have. And most probably the weight you have to have to be healthy is not the weight you want to weight. <laughs> so if you're trying to lose weight, most probably your goal is too big and this is not healthy. And if you're trying to gain weight, uh, it will take some time. For me, I, I had a very fast weight gain and then I plateaued for a while. And now it's more difficult to even gain some weight, but I think I'm at a healthy weight and I'm sure that I will gain some 10 or 15 additional pounds, uh, slowly, but it's, like my body is asking now but what we see in the magazine when we see people with six uh, packs and everything this is not healthy guys to have a little bit of belly fat is um, for most of us mandatory remember that if uh, there is a starvation due to any kind of war or anything you would be really pleased to have a little bit excess of fat to be able to survive and yeah, you don't have to be bulky. And most of the time, what you see on the social media is not the real image. It's just something that is, has been photoshopped or using some filters or I'm here today and you have my face and there is zero makeup, zero. And there is no filter. And yeah, the light might not be optimal, but is the way I look. I don't have to hide. And what we are seeing and the image we have from others is not always real. So you carnivore will lead you to what you have to be. And yeah, you have to set your wise and like achievable goals. 
and not to try to look like someone else. You have to look like yourself. Amen. Thank you, Claire. And I know you made a real and YouTube video speaking to this just recently about how, unfortunately, what is being presented online by so many people is not reality. It is not telling the complete picture. You also talked to, you know, saying that carnivore is finding food freedom. It really is, isn't it? You know, Judy Cho and yourself talk about abstainers and moderators and the difference between the two. How do you tackle those folks that come in with eating disorders and and want to constantly add foods back in or take them out with that backdrop in mind that with an eating disorder, it can be very challenging? I think with an eating disorder, it's very, very challenging. If you are for, like me from a restrictive eating disorder, it's Everyone is saying, you can add some carbs, it won't make you fat, you're still skinny. Each time I'm thinking about adding carbs to my diet, like eating a slice of watermelon, I'm, my brain, my anorexic brain is telling me, oh, you're eating sugar, so don't eat the fat. So eat your slice of watermelon, but don't eat the two sticks of butter of your day. Come on, I have like 50 calories of watermelon and remove 2000 calories from the butter. No way. This is not healthy. So for me, I'm not at this point. I cannot add any cows because it's a trigger. And I don't want to add anything sweetened because it's non-nutrient dense. And when I'm eating, it's just to nourish myself and not to put a crazy taste inside my mouth. When people are coming from the opposite, they are overweight, they used to overeat, to binge everything. As soon as I put some sweet taste on their mouth, they are usually going back to binge. So when you have a past of eating disorder, I say most probably you will have to abstain. And this is not fair. Honestly, it's not fair. I'm still skinny and I see people uh, eating some fruit and it's summertime and I would love to enjoy some a little bit of fruit sometimes. But no, I know that it's not suitable for me. So yeah, maybe it's not fair. But was it fair when I was dying eating fruits and vegetables? I think that was even less fair than what it is today. Today I'm eating the meat and the, and the fat. I'm enjoying it. And yes, I'm abstaining about something sometimes I would love to have, but it's fair enough. I'm healthy. Yes, that is the key. Health is the key. A question that I often get, Clara, that I'm sure you do too. If you're coming from a background of disordered eating, depression, anxiety, which I know you're on medication for, people often ask, how long will it take on carnivore? So I was under antidepressant. I had some anxiety as well, and I was on the sleeping pills. So it was a lot of psychiatric medication. And I want to say everything I did was with the help of my psychiatrist. And I will never have done this on my own. Carnivore diet is not a magic pill. You cannot do whatever you, you want with your medication. It's really important to relate to medical advice. And it took me three months to get rid of all the psychological medication. So it was uh, she was my psychiatrist was decreasing my amount of medication slowly and within three months i i was not with with under any pills and i was able to feel not depressed and not anxious i don't say that there were not high and lows some days it was better than others and yeah we are not wonder woman and wonder and superman uh some days are harder than others but yeah i needed three months to get off my medication and to keep healing and yeah i even yeah on the next months after the three months yeah some days were more difficult but 
it was getting better and better every single day. I know that recently, and I apologize, I don't know the answer to this, but you'll be able to tell the listeners, you decided to do the full lion diet this year. Are you still on it? And how did you find that? I'm not on it anymore. Why? I will explain. So I started December 26th, just after Christmas. And I say, okay, I'm going to try to do one full month. And then I did one full month and I was feeling great because I was able to eat other kind of fat uh, than butter. And I was enjoying the tallow and the beef fat trimming and a lot the bone marrow. And I was doing great. And then I say, okay, but I was feeling good energy and everything. And I say, okay, I... Uh, usually we say carnivore, you have the full result after 90 days. So why not to extend to 90 days? So I say, okay, new challenge. I will extend the lion diet up to 90 days. And at this time, one guy say to me, come on, Claire, 90 days. Why not 100 days? And I say, okay, I will go 100 days. And because, you know, I'm so a perfectionist, I will say I will stick to it for 100 days. And I stuck to it for 100 days. And just the like the weeks before reintroducing other food, I was like, okay, what I will re reintroduce and how? And I was like, oh, yeah, but maybe I don't want to reintroduce any food. And oh, if I reintroduce food, I will do it slowly because my body might not react really well. And in fact, being on lion diet for me with my fast of eating disorder was putting some kind of restriction. Even if I was not restricting the calories, I was restricting the range of food and I started fearing the other food, the non-perfect carnivore food, the non-ruminant food. So I was scared about the eggs. I was scared about the cheese. I was scared about the bacon because bacon sometimes is not 100% perfectly clean. And I started being scared. And at one point I say, come on. I was even scared about going back to butter compared to bone marrow, you know? And I was like, Okay, when you switch to carnivore, you were eating your crappy food for decades and your body didn't have any reaction. Come on, Claire, this is nothing you have to fear. You're just going to put back to your diet carnivore food. Nothing bad will happen to you. And I didn't do the reintroduction slowly and slowly. I just had all back and my body was reacting like very happy. Go ahead, keep going, give everything. And in the end of the 100 days, I was feeling really the need to eat a lot of organs. Otherwise, I was feeling weak. But as soon as I put the yolks, the butter, the bacon into my diet, I didn't have the need of the organs anymore. I think if you're doing muscle meat only with ruminants, you're lacking some nutrients. Uh, and so I really believe that Having the, if you're not sensitive, if you don't have histamine issues, if you don't have an autoimmune illness so much, go with the full range of carnivore food. It's much more healthier than any kind of restrictive behavior, at least for my past of restrictive eating. Uh, yeah, I won't, I won't go back to lion diet now. And come on, bacon and eggs is so enjoyable. And it also speaks to your, you've talked about when you go out to eat, being so limited on a lion diet that at least now you can, especially being in France, have some options of cheese and some dairy if you want to have them, eggs, things like that, right? When I, when I stopped the lion diet, then the week later, I went to Italy with my son 
And, uh, you know, we, we were on the buffet on the breakfast and bacon and eggs always available. And then we went to the restaurant and you have always plate of prosciutto and plate of cheese. And the cheese in Italy is the same as in France. It's really, really good. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to eat all. I'm going to eat the cheese during the holidays. And then I came back to France and I say, why should I remove it? I was doing great with cheese and prosciutto and everything. I don't want to restrict if I want cheese. I have cheese. If you open my fridge, I have five different kinds of butter and I have at least five different kinds of cheese. And yes, maybe maybe it's not the optimal carnivore food, but as long it's, as it stay the side dish, it's perfectly fine. So I'm eating the meat and on the side I have some cheese and I and I'm enjoying and it's tasty and life has to be happy and not always optimal. You need to find the balance with, between happiness, health, enjoyment. So you have to be balanced and to, to go out in France and to, you go to the restaurant, you take a piece of meat and then everyone else is taking a dessert. And in the dessert menu in France, you always have the plate of cheese as a dessert. And I always go with this. This way I have a dessert with my friend and just enjoy. Claire, before I ask you your last questions, and I just want to talk quickly about another important thing, because you, like me, had a lot of trouble sleeping when we were vegan. I My brain was constantly waking up during the night. I know you've seen a tremendous improvement. Are there any other sleep hacks that you use? I've heard you talk about going to bed and getting up at the same time, which I do religiously now myself. Are there any other tips for the listeners? My routine is, yeah, to go to bed every single day. And even if it's the weekend, I try not to wake up 30 minutes after my usually working day, like I am really, really consistent. Uh, what I love is go outside during the day, look at the sun. Uh, and, you know, I'm working in an office, but you can always just step down the stairs, just go five minutes outside. Some people are taking a smoking break and you take just a light break, you know, just looking outside. This is really important. I keep my bedroom really cool all the time. Uh, I cannot have uh, a hot bedroom, otherwise I don't sleep well. Uh, I remove the blue lights. Uh, on the evening, I try to switch off my Wi-Fi every single day, uh, like an hour before going to sleep. And this way I'm not distracted with social media or things like this. I think it's really important to take some some time off social media. I don't say that I don't watch TV because I love sometimes watching TV and having a little bit of TV before I go to sleep. So yeah, just using my blue blockers, but yeah, just to relax, having like 20 minutes TV, it's okay. But I never watch more than 30 minutes of TV in a day anyway. So it's not uh, a lot. What I do, uh, I use, and this I like it, I use a weighted blanket. And I found that it improves my sleep a lot. Uh, there is no light at all in my bedroom, zero, not a TV stuff. Uh, there is nothing, nothing that can make any light. So I think this is really imp important and it is really quiet. Yes. And I've, I've also heard you say, and I agree completely that in the hierarchy of most things, sleep trumps them all. Their sleep is so important for our healing, our brain uh, healing. You know, we talk about the glymphatic system in the brain and, and it does the repair work our bodies as well while we sleep. Yeah. You know, okay. I'm a scientist and you can be, if you have a chair that has four foot, it can be not really stable. If you have a chair that has only three, 
it's always really stable because there is only one plan going through three points. And so you need these three points in your life. You need some movement, you need a good diet, and you need good sleep. That's it. It has been an honor and a privilege to chat with you again today. Anytime that we get a, a chance to talk, I leave feeling so inspired. Thank you for taking the time out today. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap on this episode of Carnivorous Chats. If you've made it this far, I want to say thank you for listening and also thank you in advance for liking, subscribing, or sharing this episode. Thanks again to the good folks at Carnivore Bar and Equip Foods. Don't forget to check the link in the show notes to get a discount on their products. Until the next time, be well. Be well.